Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monster Cast. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Some more shit going down in wrestling, and this week, more than usual. So, yeah. I guess we can, we're, you pretty much guessed it by now. I mean, if you click on the title, you're going to guess it. This one will be called, The Forbidden Doors Have Been Opened. And it's not, and I use doors plurally uh, on purpose. Uh, because yeah. after last night, or after whatever, uh, basically after fucking Dynamite, if we want to be real about it, you had an Impact guy, or Impact Tag Team and New Japan guy and Kenta and the Good Brothers show up on the same show. But if that wasn't enough, to further solidify it, on No Surrender, on Impact, we had a video package for Finn Juice show up on Impact's No Surrender, basically confirming that all three of these companies are now working in some sort of partnership. Um, the, the main two rumors out there right now are that this is a way to fast-track an AEW streaming service for Tony Khan because his library is obviously not that vast. So this is a way to grab a bunch of extra matches and extra content with uh, by being able to own uh, the matches that his guys are involved in even in other promotions, which is one way to look at it. Um, maybe even a collective huge fucking streaming service with uh, New Japan, Impact, and AEW all on the same one. Kind of like what AEW was trying to do with all the indie guys where they brought um, Progress and Evolve and shit over to their streaming service. Um, so there's a bunch of different theories going on out there right now with what's going on. But I think we can all pretty much agree that 2021 has already started off huge and uh i don't really see any signs of it slowing down unless of course the pandemic gets out of hand and stops these guys from being able to come over from new japan um like your bigger stars like uh, we'll get into later about what dave metzler said about who possibly could be coming over to uh impact and aw from what i from the article that i read it's pretty much a done deal already they just don't know where he's going to show up uh but you've already got Good Brothers in AEW. You've got Private Party in Impact. You've got Finju showing up in Impact. You've got Kenta from New Japan showing up in AEW. And John Moxley showing up on NJPW Strong. That's a lot of fucking different scenarios and mixed matching going on. Um, we Hell, I mean, if you want to even dive deeper, we just saw that John Moxley was advertised for Bloodsport 5, which is an indie uh, promotion run by Josh Barnett, I believe. Right. So, I mean, AEW is um, really uh, keeping true to their word and saying that all possibilities exist. He's been saying this from day one, that he's not ruling anything out or ruling out working with anyone. Um, and now we're seeing the fruits of that. I mean, it's all basically like blossoming in front of our eyes. What do you think the... Uh, Biggest takeaway from the week that was is as far as the forbidden door being kicked open, or technically forbidden doors, like I said earlier. It's basically like fucking Jack Skellington walking in and seeing all the fucking holiday doors and picking which one he wants to go through. That's it's, what that's what it's like to me. I Where mean, do I want to go? I can do anything I want, type deal. There's a lot of really interesting stuff coming out of this, especially with the current Omega storyline, um, because that this sets up the whole Ibushi Omega thing. If if Omega ends up getting the Impact title. Then you've got 
him as a double champion versus Ibushi as a double champion, and that's just like a whole fucking thing. I don't even know how you book that because whoever they end up letting win that, uh, like how do you? Obviously, I don't think they're gonna let them take the belts. Um, so it'll probably just be like a non-title match or whatever. But like, and I'm sure Omega would probably want to give the win to Ibushi. But I feel like Ibushi is better positioned to take the loss because you can always have interference and you can always have like, you know, there's there's a lot of shit that you could do with that. Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't I wouldn't not I would not rule out rather like say they set that up. And I've been talking about that a couple weeks ago. I said that they should bring Ibushi over for my little fucking fantasy scenario. So I totally get where this would now uh, officially makes sense, whereas everybody, you know, kind of like uh, poo-pooed my ideas earlier, but whatever. Uh, so, let's say, I think Omega is the type of person, like you said, that would want to put Ibushi over, no question. But, to help out Omega's career as well, he could easily just cheat with uh, Gato, of course, right? Because him and Gato go way back. Gato could help him win in some bullshit Bullet Club fashion, take the titles from Ibushi, only to give Ibushi the titles back at, like, a Wrestle Kingdom on their soil. And then mm. Ibushi can eventually lose it to somebody else in AEW that's not Kenny Omega. That way, Omega and Ibushi can always be one and one against each other and both had four titles at a time or three or whatever the hell they end up doing with the Impact title um, if it's involved at that point. And you could even have Omega cost Ibushi the titles without winning the titles. Whereas, like, say Ibushi is fighting... Uh, I don't fucking know who's a who's a really good who's a other top heel right now that could win the AEW title that's in AEW. Can you think of anybody that you would be like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have shit ton of heels, but can you really imagine any heel winning the title? And Omega's not going to help out Adam Page, so you can't say like you can't say a face really. Uh, Yeah, I mean. Unless you're talking about somebody on like Team Taz or like fucking, uh, you, you could really do, see a Bushi can... beating them though, even with Omega's help type deal. You know, you get what I'm saying? Like it's got to be somebody that's already. You pretty do Archer high. or oh yeah, Archer. I mean, would, actually, not, Archer, really well, yeah, heel, no Archer more, would be pretty cool. Pack, Pack versus Ibushi would be fucking badass, right? I could mm. see that. That'd be cool. Yeah, but Omega. But Omega. The problem with Omega. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would love it, but... I would fucking I, love it, too. But anyway, Omega, though, the, the problem with Omega is, besides Eddie Kingston, all those other guys that we said, he's already had big issues with in the past, so why would he help them out, storyline-wise? You get what I'm saying? Like, does he really hate Abushi that much, who used to be one of his best friends, to cost him the title against one of those guys? I don't know, but Pac would be, would be a front-runner for me, but Eddie Kingston is one guy that he hasn't had those types, same types of issues with, so I would... I would go with Eddie Kingston too, honestly. At this at this stage, anyway, I think that would make the most sense. That would be cool as fuck. Could you imagine if Eddie Kingston just came up with the fucking Impact and AEW titles out of nowhere? That would be awesome. Um, yeah. Now, also, they don't have to after Ibushi wins the title back from Omega. Let's, I mean, in this scenario, obviously, he doesn't necessarily have to have the New Japan title on the line. He could lose them one at a time. He could lose the AEW and the Impact instead of. The New Japan and the IC or something. And I still yeah. wish that they would really split the IC and New Japan or IWGP heavyweight title up. Cause... The problem with it, though, is, is the first match they book where it's separate, you already basically know the outcome. You know that they're they're booking that match that way to get the one title off of it. 
Well, not if they did kind of like a Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch thing where you just have her defend it twice in one night and not just have one title on the line. Yeah, you might know that they might lose, but hey, they might have a bullshit show where he actually wins both matches. Then the next show, then he loses one of the matches. And it doesn't even necessarily, if you really want to throw a curveball at somebody, let him win that first match with the IC title on the line. And then the second match, yeah, everybody's like, oh, yeah, title. lose the world title, yeah. Because everybody's like, oh, he's just going to win both times again. They're making Ibushi into a huge star, and then boom, what the fuck just happened? He just lost the world title. But he also has um, some cushion because it's like, well, he did already have one fucking crazy match. He had another crazy match. How long was he going to really keep that up? So, I mean, it also protects Ibushi in the long run if they do it like that. I just wish they would split them because, I mean, if you're not going to just unify them and make one title, which I don't which think they, they should do. they shouldn't do. I don't like think they, they should do either, no. Yeah. But if they if they did, and I don't – I the only reason I see them even attempting to do that is because of the U.S. title and because of uh, what they've done with the U.S. title in such a short amount of time and because they're branching out into the U.S., but I think there's enough room in New Japan and now working with Impact and AEW to still have all three titles and be on d three different people and in relevant scenarios. So I think they just should find a quick, easy solution, not necessarily time-wise, but just storyline-wise. Go ahead and get this shit lined up because I really want those two titles to be separated again. Yeah. Um, then on, I mean, night, I don't... on night one, you could have the IC title and night. I mean, if they play, still plan on having two night events for Wrestle Kingdom, which I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon, you have night one, the main event be the IC title, and night two, the world title, and you don't have to worry about fucking a dude having two fucking thirty minute matches back to back nights in some strong style fucking slap yeah, but contest. Then, but then you're taking away his excuse for losing too. So you, I mean, you... no, 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 no. I'm not talking. I'm talking about after they split it up. Oh, okay. Yeah, you. yeah. Yeah, uh, I I think the double championship thing was a good idea when it started. I, I don't hate it still, but I do think that their their shows right now are suffering from not having like a second marquee exactly like show or, or a match. Um, but let's let's can... go eight champions later. They still got double champions. Like now it's kind of a played out thing. Like everybody's gonna be a double champion. You got to split them up back eventually. Well, and the other part of that is too, like it's almost like every promotion has been doing this lately too. Yeah, it feels and, like it know, almost feels like time, it almost feels like but... uh, professional boxing. Somebody's just gonna come out there with you know, uh, Ultimo Drag, yeah, WBO, WBF, yeah. WBA, you know, all this stuff. Bro, like, I'm waiting for the fucking day that Kenny Omega comes out with like replica belts for all the Ultimo Dragon ones, including his fucking <laughs> ones when he comes out. I'd fucking pop so hard for that. But yeah, we'll see. Um... I think uh, I, I think that they do need to be split. I think you're right. The way to do that is definitely to have two separate matches and then have him lose one of them, saying that he was too tired or whatever. Um, how, because cool, how cool will it be if – because you know Ultimo Dragon is still in – he uh, re-signed with Dragon Gate or whatever. Yeah. How cool would it be if he like, won the Dragon Gate title and then Omega <laughs> took the title from him too? Oh, my God. That would be so funny, dude. Uh, I mean, yeah. I love Ultimo Dragon, but I think that would just be cool as fuck to see, honestly. That would be awesome. Yeah, the Omega stuff right now, um, it's too much Good Brothers for me. Uh, I mean, if you're going to well, build that's them all they up, have. Like, that's all they have right now, because that's I, all the no, impact had from Bullet Club. I mean, what else are you going to go with it? You can't I get anybody that, from Japan or anything. I'm saying that his matches, though. Like, oh, you, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. have to have them come in on every match. If, if the story that you're trying to tell is that he's, like, the greatest ever, and he's going to go collect all these belts, you don't need a bunch of fucking goons coming in for every match of his. Just yeah, let him be a good wrestler. Not when you already have Callus. If you had Callus help you win the world title against Moxley, what the hell do you need the Good Brothers for to win a fucking... Three-way match. Yeah, a three-way right. match or whatever, yeah. Any, or yeah, any yeah, kind yeah. of match, really, honestly. Yeah, it's I fucking mean, weird. It's, 
yeah, the storytelling at this point, I kind of wish would go back more toward Kenny Omega being the best and not Kenny Omega having the most friends. <laughs> because yeah. that's a less interesting story to me, but whatever. Um, as far as all the crossover stuff, there's so many possibilities that just got opened up. Like that, you know, obviously when the Impact stuff started, everybody was kind of fantasy booking some stuff like, you know, some. fucking no, a lot of Motor were, City Machine Guns yes. and like whatever. But a like, lot of people were fantasy booking. But the other thing is, I don't, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's still Impact. And their people don't really have the like history, name recognition, stuff like that as some of the, the guys that have been built up in New Japan. So New Japan AEW is way more interesting to me than Impact AEW. Yeah. Especially from a point of view of, you know, you could have Eddie Kingston versus Suzuki at this point. Like, who the fuck doesn't want to see that? Like, well, I'm still waiting on that Orange Cassidy versus Suzuki match that we never got because of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, boy. I'm serious. Uh, they were supposed to fight at an indie show. I know. I, yeah. I know. Mm. I need to see it. I need to see it. That match needs to take place. I mean, it's pretty much going to go the same as the pack one. They, they have pretty similar styles, but as far as just like intensity, not moveset. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I like where this is going. I think it's really cool. I We texted a little bit about this, but um, news broke like three or four weeks ago that New Japan had, had figured out something with their US TV deal. Yeah. And, and now all of a sudden channel. all this stuff is happening. And yeah. what I'm thinking is that their US TV deal is like some kind of cross show with AEW for what AEW was already talking about doing a second show on like Thursdays or whatever with TNT. So... The New Japan deal is honestly probably just like a, a cross-branded show with them and AEW because it gets their foot in the door in the U.S. market without them having to build from the ground up. They have access to a pool of guys that they don't have to send over to put their guys against. And it does. And the whole point of the U.S. expansion is bring more eyes to the Japanese product, which that absolutely does, without them needing to go and like set up their own like everything. Like, set up their own booking and figure out ways to get shit to work in America right now, even though most of our stuff is shut down audience-wise and things like that. Like, it's just way easier for them to glom onto something that's already successful than it is to try to build up. Because if you made, like, New Japan Strong or whatever, its own TV show, you're not going to get that many eyes on it. Like, Gabriel Kidd, he's a good wrestler, but he's not going to carry a whole brand. It's just not going to happen. But you put, him, you put your New Japan guys on there with guys who are already established in the American audience now over the last year, a little bit more than a year. And it, it's just, it just seems like a way smarter decision. And they could even like have a completely cross-branded show with Impact, too. That Make that the Impact AEW New Japan crossover show, like the one that's specifically for that. And that's a whole different audience of – I mean, it's not a whole different audience, but it's like a whole different uh, motivation to watch that than, you know, the normal weekly show for each other brand. Yeah. Um, and it just it makes sense to me. I, I hope that's what they're doing with it. Uh, they, but could I, I think... they could literally call it, and because of what's going on, they could literally call that show, like, AW New Japan and Impact Present Forbidden. And that's the name of the show. And then you just have who knows who the fuck's going to show up on there from each brand and who's going to fight who and what titles are going to be there and all that shit. I think it would be right. awesome. But there's also the other thing is how many weeks in advance do you need to tape those shows because of um, all the travel and shit? Like how many weeks at a time do you tape and do you worry about the results and shit getting out? Three or four weeks. I mean, honestly, here's the thing, too. The results getting out on something like that because of the interest in, in cross-branded like matches like that, I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. If you tell me 
Kingston versus Suzuki happened and Suzuki won, I'm still going to watch it. Yeah. So. Well, I try to stay away from spoilers as much as possible anyway, because I like the old school not knowing what the fuck's going down. I do on everything except for WWE because I'm always looking for an excuse to not have to watch it. Yeah. Or pick and choose what I do have to watch. Is right. what it is. What it, now, either, on WWE, it's to the point now where it's either going to be something really good and I have to watch it or something really bad and you have to watch it so that you can comment on how bad it was. Mm. So, I mean, that's that's the thing. And then most of it is just uh, missable, don't need to watch it, irrelevant to everything that's going on. And to um, be fair to WWE, they, they've been doing a couple things lately that are not bad. I, I like the Cesaro push they're doing. Dude, not only that, like their card their card in general for uh, Elimination Chamber looks it's really good. fucking good on paper. Yes, good. it looks good on paper. Yeah, the, their problem is still just with continuity storytelling, like long-term stuff. But, I mean, some of the short-term stuff they're doing, the Cesaro push is cool. Uh, the Nakamura uh, Big E stuff, that kind of push is cool. Um, is even, it, is I, it I, weird I that Nakamura was... Do you think it was weird that Nakamura was where he was a couple weeks ago, and now he's fighting Big E and not in the Elimination Chamber, and instead we got Cesaro and Daniel um, Bryan and Corbin and Owens and Uso and Sami Zayn? So from what I've heard, Nakamura has basically been told, like, you're not here to be the champion anymore. You're here to put over new guys. That's it. And he's fine with that. So that push that he got or was he's starting to get or whatever <laughs> yeah. was essentially just to make him more credible yeah. when other people beat him. So he's about to be the new Dolph Ziggler, basically. It's, uh, hopefully they at least give him enough wins to where he's still credible. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, eventually that's what's going to end up happening. Because I that's, mean, that's you, what Ziggler turned into. They did protect him in the Big E match, too. But in like, Ziggler's defense, at least he was world champion at least once in WWE. Yeah. I mean, they're still protecting him and stuff, so it's not it, – it could be worse. Um, but look, man, the thing about Nakamura, too, is, like, of course we'd all want to see him doing something else, but if he's good with it, man, I'm not I'm not going to complain. Yeah, it's no, the same I thing I say about Ziggler now. And Ziggler, you know, you read his Twitter and shit, he seems fine with it, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, they fucked up Ziggler, like, they need to do more with him. If he doesn't want to do more or if he doesn't care – like, I'm not going to care for him. But there's, but you can't, you, I mean, I get that side of it, but there's no way in fucking 10, 15, 20 years we're not looking back and being like, Ziggler was the fucking 2000s version of Mr. Perfect. There's no way you're not looking at that. Like, how do you yeah. fuck that up twice in a row if you're WWE? But they did. Especially after that Survivor Series, man. That That's the one thing that sticks out to me. They did nothing coming off of that. Yeah. It's crazy. And I, how are you going to have understand. this man be sole survivor and eliminate, what was it, like three people in a row to yeah, win? three people in a row. And and have to overcome a pedigree from Triple H and interference yeah. and all this shit. Big Show turning on him, all this shit. Yes, all that. And yes, he had Sting's help or whatever for his debut, which was a big deal. But Ziggler fucking defeats all odds who was the fucking guy in the match that nobody was thinking about because of the same shit that they do to him all the time. Now, after he beat Del Rio and got the biggest pop of all time, he had to drop the title because of injury, because Del Rio fucking messed him up with a concussion or some shit with one of his kicks. That's fine. I get that, that he had to drop the title. Everybody drops titles. Shawn Michaels dropped the title. Fucking Shawn Michaels dropped titles because he didn't want to lose. That's different. No, there was a couple times where he dropped... Well, not a the, couple? Not, not, the, not the smile bullshit. We all know that was bullshit. A couple? You don't. Man, who's who's dropping a title because they lost a smile? Nobody. I got a video I want you to watch. That makes no I sense. I got a video I want you to watch. It goes over every Shawn Michaels title reign and how and why he lost it. And literally only like two of them, of all his titles, 
over multiple fucking brands. Like even bef- even pre WWE days, it goes over. Like that man only legitimately dropped the title like twice. Well, he dropped I'll it to Austin it twice. I'll send it to you. It's fucking great. Or he, he lost it to Austin legitimate is what I meant to say. But anyway, I don't really care. But the point is, is everybody drops titles. Finn Balor dropped it for injury. Champa dropped his for injury. Karrion Cross had to drop his. It happens. Whatever. But like you said, to go from that all the way back down and then all the way back up at Survivor Series in, what was it, 2016, 15, something like that? Was it 16, uh, 15? It's, it's it's so hard to keep up with years anymore. Four or five um, years ago? It, it was probably 15. Anyway, fucking, it, it couldn't be no further back than 14. So anyway. 14. Come, yeah, okay, so 14. So he goes all the way back up. To do that in that match in that scenario with all that shit on the line with uh, the authority getting kicked out and all this other bullshit, and then they do nothing with him, literally the next night, except get his ass kicked because the authority was still pissed off or whatever that they lost their jobs, like and then did nothing with them. Hell, even fucking uh, Brody Lee got the IC title in that whole authority run. Ziggler fucking won the goddamn match and didn't get anything. I'm pretty sure Brody Lee was actually the Intercontinental Champion during that match when he was on Team Authority because he was a team player. That was his whole gimmick thing because Eric Rowan was on the good guy side and Luke Harper was on the Authority side. Yeah, it's, it's just weird how they do that shit to people that you clearly see are over and that the people are uh, clutching onto and you you want them to be pushed and you make it very vocally known that you want them pushed and then they still do nothing and there's there's bi- there's other examples rather than Ziggler but I don't know if there's ever been a bigger example besides Daniel Bryan where they just had to fucking listen because there was no way out of it um but I can yeah. think of many dudes that you know Cesaro obviously fucking Cesaro when they when WWE on Fox put out a thing who has never been world champion, that should have been, and literally everyone puts Cesaro to the point where Cesaro quote tweets and is like, thank you for having my fucking inbox blow up today on Twitter. Because everybody wants Cesaro as champion. I can argue with Nakamura, obviously, even though he came from New Japan and he's older. He should have already been world champion. Um, Drew McIntyre took forever. People have been saying that he should have been world champion a long time ago. Samoa Joe's still not world champion in WWE. Um, you have Sandow, who I thought... Got fucking robbed while he was Money in the Bank champion. Should have been world champion. If Jack Swagger can turn it in and get world championship, then why the fuck can't Damian Sandow? Uh, I thought he got fucking robbed. Um, There's so many examples that it's kind of ridiculous, honestly. Cody Rhodes, when he was on his fucking Intercontinental title kick, went in that every few months, and he had the... uh, fucked up face and was turning into the monster heel wearing the putting the bags over people's face and was super over as a heel. I don't know how the hell he didn't get over enough to get a world championship run, at least in a like a money in the bank scenario as well. He was in the money in the bank match where Sandow turned on him, I believe. Um, cuz they were the uh, road scholars or whatever. There's so many options out there and examples of people who should have been world champions and never was. And it's not like you can come back at me and say, oh, you want them to play hot potato with the world title? That's what the fuck they do. They've been doing that for over 10 years. 20 years they've been playing hot potato with the fucking world title. Kane was fucking world champion for less than 24 hours. 
And that was in yeah. like 98 or some shit. 99, something like that. He beat Austin, and then the next night on Raw, he fucking lost it back to Austin. And so I like don't... It's... It, it's not like... This ain't New Japan. Yeah, I was about to say. It's not like this is New Japan. Like, or AEW the... up to this point. There's... Yeah. We're not... There's not the... They treat the fucking world title like it's the fucking 24-7 championship. The 24-7 championship is basically an embellishment of the world title. So... I don't want to hear that argument in response. I mean, look at what company we're talking about here. There's no reason those guys shouldn't have been world champions at least one time. Uh, and I can even throw Matt Hardy's name in there, obviously. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't really think of anybody else right now off the top of my head. Am I forgetting anybody huge? I mean, that's that's pretty much the ones that, that come to mind for me, too. You got I, mean, I mean, you could go further back and say Jake the Snake, Mr. Perfect. Roddy right. Piper, you know, yeah, those that guys. Conversation we had Owen Hart, yeah, and yeah. on Mount Rushmore on it. So. Owen Hart, Vader, <laughs> yes, British Bulldog. They all should. I think they all should have got run. Thanks, Diesel. Now, back in those days, though, I will say that if you wanted to come back with that argument for those days, that hey, there's only one world title and there's only so much time. Okay, that's fine. Okay, yeah, but they were longer. They runs. had the fucking European title and stuff too. So yeah. No, that was later on with Bulldog, though. That was like the. Yeah, that was like the new, like that towards I the mean, end of the new generation era, right before Attitude Era. I'm talking about with Owen Hart specifically. Like, oh, there's no reason he should not have been world champion. I'm yeah. talking, he should have been world champion before New Generation when Bret Hart and Owen Hart was still there, and they wrestled on fucking WrestleMania 10, and he beat Bret, and then Bret beat Yoko in the fucking main event. How the fuck did we not have a Owen versus fucking Bret title change for the yeah. world title? Oh, you dropped a lot of money on that one. Yeah. Fucking people literally from New Japan, but well, I'm um, just saying, I'm just saying that there's a bunch of people that we're, we weren't talking about New Japan, we're talking about SmackDown, um, and uh, why Nakamura wasn't in the Elimination Chamber match, um, because he's from New Japan. It's fucked up. <laughs> it might be, um, <laughs> but anyway, I see what your old company is doing. But like I was like right now, I would easily, easily, without even a second guess, take out Corbin, Uso, or Sami Zayn and interchange any one of them with Nakamura. Yeah, I mean, it, okay, but the thing about having Corbin and Zayn in there is that you have to have some heels in the Elimination Chamber match. Like, you just have to. It's how the match is, is structured. You can't have a bunch of faces in the Elimination Chamber match. I don't see why not if you're going to go no, 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 prizes on. against me, Roman Reigns. Let me, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me clarify. WWE's logic is you can't have only faces in the Elimination Chamber well, match. I would the way the have match is six, structured, you have if to If I'm fighting them. Roman Reigns later on in that night, you can't tell me that if we're supposed to suspend belief and fucking kayfabe this, that WWE would want, in any kind of way, Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn or Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin for their main event. I would literally have six faces in there. You can all fight each other, and then the winner goes against Roman to give a semblance of, hey, Roman might lose the world title tonight. Now, do we think that's going to happen? No. Fuck no. But it's not going to happen. You... <laughs> but but you still. Also, you have to understand, too. Do we, do, we, do, do we think that they use this as a uh, test to see how over Cesaro is? Does Cesaro yeah, win the Elimination Chamber? Call it live go... backstage. You're like, yeah, they cheered for him a lot, man. Let him win. I don't know, man. Um, no, no, I'm just saying, have Cesaro win the Elimination Chamber, lose in a close contest with Roman, and see if they get that Kofi moment. Kofi, yeah, okay, I gotcha. Maybe, I don't know. But I feel like if that was their goal, to, to test that, then wouldn't they not schedule the next match for the same night so they could figure out what the fuck they're doing? 
That's a great question, but here's the thing. I don't it's know WWE. if they will. It's WWE and one and two and two. They do, they have no, no fans. It's a Thunderdome, so they would have to gauge this on social media, social which media. would take a couple of days to to figure out. Know. Just like Cesaro's even even Kofi Mania started on social media. Technically, yeah, he got a he got a big response when him and Daniel Bryan were the last two, and he started fucking yelling at Daniel Bryan and come on, motherfucker, hit me, and they started going back, and everybody was like, oh shit. Well, but the, really but the, the response the, the response wasn't until later on on social media though. Well, the gauntlet match really started that, not the not the Elimination Chamber match. I disagree. The The gauntlet match, nobody thought Kofi had a fucking chance in hell to win no Elimination Chamber match or even get that far. He got into the gauntlet match storyline-wise with the Ali thing or whatever when he got hurt for real. Yes, that's how he got in. But the groundswell did not start until Elimination Chamber in like the last fucking 10 minutes when he was when everybody realized Kofi was the fucking last one against Daniel Bryan. Like what the fuck? And then when uh, Daniel when Daniel uh, Bryan and Kofi started fucking attacking each other like it was a fucking New Japan match at Wrestle Kingdom and everybody started fucking going nuts. That's when everybody on was going online like holy shit, Kofi needs to have a fucking world title shot against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. That's I when it, it was more it was it was when he was in the ring with AJ and the gauntlet match to me, but. I mean, uh, you know, it's hard to say. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know what their plan is here. I do under like I get the whole Jay Uso being in it makes sense because from Roman Reigns, Paul Hammond's point of view, they Maybe want somebody in there that can fuck up somebody that might end up winning, or they want him to win so that you know he'll fucking lay down and Roman can take the easy pin or whatever. So. From a kayfabe point of view, it makes sense to have him in there. Um, Owens obviously has had problems with Rain. Cesaro and Bryan won their qualifying match, and they're both like, you know. But what, can I ask a question? And this is going to be a little rant here. Elimination Chamber needs to be fucking moved from the current month it is in. There is no reason to have two fucking Royal Rumbles, have people win those Royal Rumbles, still haven't fucking said who they're going to go after, and then have an Elimination Chamber match to see who the fuck the number one contenders are going to be, or to even have the world... Why the fuck is Drew McIntyre fighting against five other motherfuckers that didn't win the Royal Rumble? That makes no sense. Why because is fucking Royal Roman Reigns... hasn't picked yet. Exactly, which is why it makes no sense. Edge needs to fucking pick who the fuck he's going after. Bianca Belair needs to pick who she's going after. And Elimination Chamber needs to be fucking pushed way down the line like it used to be in fucking November or even before SummerSlam. And you can determine number one contenders with the Elimination Chamber for SummerSlam or some shit. It makes zero sense to have Royal Rumble and then fucking Elimination Chamber. Stupid. It's fucking stupid. I mean, it makes sense in the sense that they don't have to pick the current champion that it was it when makes they won the Rumble. zero sense. Zero just, sense. Look. Okay, so let's say, uh, you know, let's say fucking uh, Jeff Hardy wins or whatever. So he's the new champion. Nothing's stopping Edge from picking Jeff Hardy. Like, this is, th- you're, I-, I think you're making a bigger deal out of this. No, I'm not making a bigger deal out of it. It's, it makes zero sense. And just like fucking in AEW, where they have a three-way fucking tag team match to see who the tag team of the inner circle is going to be, and fucking Jericho and MJF win, and then they have a battle royal where MJF and Jericho win, but somehow, this week, I have to watch the fucking Young Bucks defend the titles against Santana and Ortiz. Makes zero fucking sense. They are not the tag team of the inner circle going forward for the tag titles. They did not win the battle royal. It makes no fucking sense for the Young Bucks to be defending their tag titles against Santana and Ortiz. Zero. Same concept as fucking WWE with their stupid Elimination Chamber right after WrestleMania. I mean, right after Royal Rumble, my bad. Stupid. 
Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's different though, because their match is it's supposed to be set for a revolution, and it makes from Jericho and MJF's point of view, it makes sense that they would want to wait and fucking like rest up. That's fine for and Jericho and MJF's in this fucking storyline with that. But you don't put fucking Santana and Ortiz in a tag team title match before MJF and fucking Jericho. It makes no sense. They won nothing to get that. Nothing. Well, the Young Bucks said that the, they wanted it. That's I all don't it takes. care. Then the titles don't need to be on the line. But they're the champions. They can I don't the care. No, that's not how that works. Tony Khan is the fucking booker. Yeah, but they're EVPs. I don't give a fuck if they're EVPs. Tony Khan has the last say. It makes no sense for them to have the titles on the line against Santana and Ortiz. None. Yeah, I, just, I don't really care that much about that I one. do. It's stupid. I mean, obviously it means that they're not going to win. Okay. Like, okay, so. What do you mean, so? It's still stupid. It's dumb. At least if the titles were on the line, they'd have a chance to win. And then maybe they could have a claim to fame to be a fucking triple threat at fucking Revolution instead. I mean, shit, they should just have them win anyway. And then the Santana Orantes versus MJF and Jericho at the fucking pay-per-view. And... and, and, and in retrospect, I would be okay with that, but not the way that they got there. No. Not the way that they got there. Like, if Santana and Ortiz fucking won the the the, the three-way match or whatever, right? And they were the tag team going forward, but then all the inner circle is in that fucking battle royal, and then MJF and Jericho win, and then Ortiz and fucking Santana beat the Young Bucks next week, then that makes way more sense of why they should be fighting each other at Revolution. But then you take the titles off the Young Bucks, which you clearly need the titles to be on right now because of all the Bullet Club shit going on. Well, I don't think. Well, I don't think you do need that. You really think MJF and Jericho are going to beat the Young Bucks at Revolution? Because I don't. I think. Uh, I think Guevara cost him the titles. Oh, I think Guevara is going to either Impact or New Japan. That that whole that segment that they did where he was leaving, talking about he needed a a, a change or whatever. I still think um, he, I still think he calls him the titles before he actually goes to New Japan. I think it would be awesome to see him fight fucking Hiromu. Yeah, I don't know if he's doing New Japan or Impact. I'd rather see like I I think it's probably gonna be kind of hard for him to get into Japan right now. Even if he gets in, it's gonna be harder for him to get out. Mm. But yeah, um, he'll, he might end up going to go do a little run in Impact or something. We'll see. But um, that's fine. But uh, just because he left doesn't mean his story is tied up. His story isn't tied up yet. Not till Revolution. Then he can fucking tie up his little story by costing Jericho and MJF the titles. Yeah, but okay. But this is also a heel team versus a heelish team. Mm, the Young Bucks are not a heel team. Yeah. They clearly do not like anything that's going on with Omega, Don Callis, or the Good Brothers. But they're not for, like like vocally against it either, which is what makes them a heelish team. Um, like they're still friends. I still, also I, along. I still think that they were actually building up towards them versus the Lucha Brothers at Revolution, but then Penta got hurt or whatever, so yeah. so they're going with the MJF Jericho storyline, which is fine. It's a fine storyline. I just don't like how they're getting there. It makes no sense how they got mm -hmm. there with with the Santana shit anyway. With the Santana and Ortiz shit, it makes zero mm -hmm. sense. I don't like it. You're gonna have Young Bucks versus Finjuice soon, so it don't matter. Um. <laughs> Probably, probably, I mean, it probably wouldn't be a terrible match, but it's not a match that I'm clamoring for either. Yeah, and like I, I like Finn Juice in the context of New Japan's tag division, but New Japan's tag division is also not very strong in general. So you put them you know, in with Young Bucks and fucking 
you know, some of these other tag teams we've got going, and they don't really make as much sense. But, it, I mean, it's fine. It's whatever. I, I would rather see singles matches with, like, uh, Juice versus Guevara or something, you know? I mean, but, I mean, they're already scheduled to appear at um, no the Impact. No, I mean, not the no Impact. They were at No happened. Surrender. Yeah, was, they're uh, going to be at yeah, Impact. Like, uh, is that this week? Yes. I su- yeah, I'm pretty sure Tuesday. That's cool. So... So we already like, know God that damn, man, here. New Japan's tag division is already so weak. Like, what are they even like? Uh, I, I mean, get... I could I could say the Impact tag division is weak too. I mean, it's not great, but like, if you're gonna send somebody over, send them from a division that's already stacked. Like, send send one of, send one of your guys that like, I don't know. Like, and you know, I love Shingo. I love him in the context of New Japan. I, I hope he's there for a really long time. But he just lost the, the title to. Uh, Tanahashi, I think it'd be a good time for him to go do something different for a little bit. And seeing Shingo in Impact or AEW would be cool. I don't know. It's whatever. They they have a lot of stuff they can work with, and I guess they're just, you know... Well, the problem, uh, the problem with this is, you, if anybody needs tag teams, it's New Japan and Impact. They don't need to be sending New Japan tag teams to Impact or Impact tag teams to AEW. They need to be sending a bunch of AEW tag teams to both Impact and New Japan. Well, I mean, they, they did send Private Party over already. Yeah, what for one, one little quick story thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about for like almost kind of like an excursion type deal. Speaking of excursions, uh, Shota Umino. Um, Moxley's um, boy? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if they do anything with him and bring him over. Because he was in, uh, he's doing his excursion at RevPro, but it's got to be almost up by now. He's been doing that forever. I mean, I think it'd be pretty cool to have him come out one night that, and I mean, yeah, save it, Boxley from a beatdown or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or even if you want to do a little run where he gets a tag team with him because Moxley keeps losing in all these other tag teams, maybe get somebody that Moxley kayfabe trusts on his side instead and then can win a fucking tag team match against Omega and somebody. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, sure. Also would really shoot up... Um, uh, God damn it, I just forgot his name already. You just said it. Shota Yeah, yeah. Shota Umina. You, you, <laughs> yeah, you, close you shoot him up. You shoot him up just from being in a match with fucking Moxie because the New Japan people already know him. And he goes back to fucking New Japan and he's already a made man at that point. Especially if he, if he keeps that Death Rider gimmick because Moxie gave him the jacket or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if he comes out wearing that and fucking saves Moxie or whatever or and then goes back from New Japan keeping that same kind of gimmick where he's got like the the Moxley-esque attitude that he started to adopt toward the end of Moxley's uh, little run there with him. Maybe I, I even, think that would uh, work out really well. Maybe even start his own stable, the Death Rider stable. Yeah. Um, okay, so speaking of the Forbidden Doors being kicked open, we mentioned earlier Dave Metzler has gone on record to say that dun-dun-dun, Okada is coming over eventually as part of the deal between AEW, Impact, and uh, New Japan. No one knows for sure if it's Impact or and and or rather AEW. But if, if I had Tony Khan and you're negotiating this, there's no way you're like, oh yeah, send them to the Impact one. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 for sure, no. My, if I had to put all my money on it, I'd say AEW. Absolutely. It would go AEW one, AEW and Impact two, and then just Impact three. <laughs> Bro, can you imagine the fucking pop if Kenny Omega wins another match some bullshit fucking way with cheating, whatever? They're all like. Hanging out of the ring, cheering, beating down whoever he just beat, and then that fucking like little coin noise and Okada's music hits. God damn, dude! Like, he's obviously going to AEW. They're not going to send him to Impact. 
Well, what's the storyline and impact gonna be like? I hate the way y'all booked me like six yeah. years ago. Yeah, I'm about to go. I'm about to come win your impact title like Kenny Omega beat Sunny Kiss. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, what the fuck, dude? Like, uh, if your biggest challenger right now is fucking Tommy Dreamer, then yeah, I'm pretty sure that talking about, talk about misusing some, talk about WWE misusing people. Anyway, fucking um, and it's like super fantasy booking, but whatever you have to do to get Omega's other two uh partners whether it be the bucks i think it would work better with the bucks but you never know um because i don't really want to see him with the good brothers in this scenario but like when the coin flip happens you fucking have um you can have him come out or what or actually you could i think i wouldn't even matter i would like slowly build up i'll get it out eventually slowly build up to the biggest star in new japan so like first I would do, like, Naito would come out, and he'd just stand on the stage, and he'd do his little eye thing, and he's looking at all three of them in the ring after they just, you know, won some other bullshit match by cheating and whatever, and they think they're hot shit or whatever. You got Omega in there, and you got the Young Bucks in there with their titles or whatever. So Naito does his little eye thing, and then they're laughing because, you know, three-on-one, three-on-one or whatever, five-on-one if the fucking Good Brothers are out there too. Then the next music hits, and it's fucking Tanahashi. With the open weight mm. title, he comes out there and he's standing beside Naito, and then the coin flip drops, and then Omega's like got the, I just saw a ghost I fucking type deal. Yeah, yes. I saw a ghost look on his face. Uh, yeah, that would be fucking badass. I would love to see that. And I think I, if you're gonna do that though, the other two guys have to be a tag team. Yeah, yeah. If you want them to beat Omega for sure, because one of those guys with Nick or Matt Jackson would have to take the pin. Right. Yeah. No doubt. Um, and then that could be like just a little, a little extra wrinkle in the story leading up to him versus Ibushi. You don't want to put Ibushi in that because it then kind of kills the thing already. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But the other part of that is too, how do you, okay. With the current quarantine protocols, when you come over here now, they've changed it. Uh, the Biden administration changed it so that when you come over here, you got to quarantine for 10 days. Well, you just wait till new Japan doesn't have any, uh, shows to run for a long time. They have parts in their yearly cycle where they don't have to run for a while yeah i guess but here's the thing you well you just send those three guys over do their little thing they go out right but here's the thing you have whoever you want to have the pinfall over one of the jacksons he gets the title shot against omega because you know they beat technically beat the world champion right so whoever it may be whether it's naito okada i would do okada okada obviously if i'm fucking tony khan or tanahashi tanahashi would work too because tanahashi beat him last time they fought Mm. um Whoever it is, they lose in a one-on-one match with Omega. The other two guys are already back in Japan. You need to bring somebody else in after Omega wins by nefarious means again. And guess who that person is? That's obviously Ibushi. Then you can set up that shit for Wrestle Kingdom in New Japan or whatever. That would be a cool way to have do it. Ibushi do a run-in after they cheat to win and beat him up after the match, whatever. And Ibushi comes out to stop him. And but, the, then... but the way that I've ever all the all the stuff that I've seen New Japan book, the way that they book their faces. I don't think Ibushi just comes in there and cleans house. Because the, all the history with him and Omega, how does he not say something to Omega? No, no, no. He, doesn't, he doesn't come in to beat him up. He comes in to fucking, like, like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Like, And then they have like their whole little stare down, like, shoving match, kind of looking at each other kind of deal, and then Omega just leaves. It wouldn't be like a come out and beat everybody up. He could do the uh, Jericho to Shawn Michaels WrestleMania thing. He'd be like, all right, man, you're right, you're right. And they shake hands, and then as soon as Ibushi turns around, he fucking... 
<laughs> one wing angels fucking uh bushi goes up underneath his legs and one wing angel and like everybody's like what the fuck he just did that to Obushi. even Obushi couldn't fucking switch him back type deal that'd be cool um let's see okay so we talked about the smackdown elimination chamber match do you think it's weird that there's not going to be a women's elimination chamber match this year there's two male ones instead that's kind of weird, and I also I don't know about this Oscar Lacey Evans shit. Like, please do not give Lacey Evans a title. I, mean, I, just, I, I can't. The only way she wins this title from Oscar is if she like eats her Ric Flair bites before she goes out there. Maybe eat some Ric Flair bites. Um. Yeah, I don't. Uh, this booking doesn't make sense to me. I don't want to see. Uh, well, that's the only way they can really ruin this fucking elimination chamber, right? Because we, like we said, it looks good on paper. It looks really solid on paper. There's nothing really clearly wrong with Lacey Evans as far as a wrestler standpoint goes, but her character right now and what they have her doing, and then her just being hot shotted into a title match with Asuka, I cannot, in good conscience, be like, oh yeah, it would be awesome if Lacey Evans got. The world title from Asuka. No, it would not. I'd rather see Charlotte win the fucking title from Asuka. But no, yeah. I do not want to see Lacey Evans right now, in this very moment, win a title from Asuka or anybody else, honestly. She's just um, got to work up that 28 title reign, so... Fucking, but anyway, so, like, they can easily ruin this pay-per-view like they've done many before. They uh, can ruin it by having Riddle win the fucking U.S. title. You can have... See, I, see, I don't have a problem with Riddle. I don't think I don't think he should win the U.S. I don't know. I agree. Not until everything gets settled out of, in that courtroom or whatever the fuck's about to happen. Well, that ain't even about that. And not that that helps his case either. But I just don't want to see him win the U.S. title regardless. I don't want to see him win it. And almost because of the same reason, like I just said, of Lacey Evans. Right now, his character, the way they got him doing shit, it may it would it would be kind of dumb, kind of goofy. Now, is it easier to protect in a three-way match? Yes. I'd rather see Keith Lee win it though. Um, so, like, actually, I don't really care who wins it out of those three, but I'd rather see Keith Lee. Like, even if Lashley retained, I'd be okay with it, honestly. I think Lashley's been doing a pretty good job. Um, so, you got, I would have Keith Lee win. I would have Asuka win. So, if you have Lacey Evans win, or Matt Riddle win, or, or fucking Owens win the Elimination Chamber, I'm, I'm clearly going to give it thumbs down. I don't want to see any of those things. I'd even rather see Uso or Sami Zayn win the Elimination Chamber over Kevin Owens, dude. Like, I do not want to see Kevin Owens in the fucking main event against Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber. I better not see it. Hmm. Um, there's other ways that they can ruin it, obviously, as well, um, if I can remember the other matches. Um, so the other one is the world title being on the line. I think AJ Styles is going to win it. I'm not going to make my prediction yet, but that's where I'm leaning towards right now so that him and Edge can finally get their match at WrestleMania. Um, but, I mean, I'd be okay with McIntyre keeping it as well. But, I mean, yeah. there's, there's, there's ways that they can ruin that match, too. Who else is in that match? It's Jeff Hardy. Randy Orton. Randy Sheamus, Orton. Oh, God. Biz. Yeah, no, they can ruin it. They can, no, I don't Why have a problem with Sheamus. Why is Miz even in it? Yeah, you want to talk about shit that don't make sense, right? Yes. You have the briefcase already. Why is he in the fucking match? Maybe they, maybe he loses and comes out and fucking uses his briefcase after the match is over to pin the new champion or McIntyre yeah. or whatever. He doesn't need to win it at all, so he doesn't need to be in the match yet. It's so stupid. Unless he's I understand gonna come that. Out, but... Unless he's going to – unless he loses and then immediately gets up and when he gets his 
gets his uh shit back. He's like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm back I'm in it. I'm back in it, and then gets fucking Claymored again right when he turns around and loses. And then, you know, finally puts it into the worst fucking Money in the Bank booking we've ever had since its inception. Um, and that's including Carmella. Fucking, um... Mm. No, it has been. Mm. Dude, you had Otis win. You had Otis win. You had Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio die off the side of a building. You had fucking the girls and the guys fight at the exact same time. You had Otis hold it forever. Then you split up their tag team for no fucking reason. Then he loses the briefcase to the fucking Miz from a courtroom where JBL is the fucking judge. Then loses, but then gets it back from Adam Pearce because John Morrison is the one that technically handed the briefcase to the referee. No, it's not even in question. This is the worst fucking Money in the Bank booking I've ever seen in my life. The worst. Okay, Sandals? No, I like Sandals. I don't like how he lost it. I think it was smart that he went against Cena, and I, he actually had a good fucking match against Cena. I thought he was actually going to win it. It's not worst booking. Mm, okay. Just because he didn't win that title, I'm. Do would I have wanted him to win the title right there? Yes. Do I think he should have won the world title at some point in his career? Yes. But him losing that title, well, if you really want to be real about it, if anybody's even close, Ken Anderson is the fucking closest. He got fucking robbed. He didn't even get a chance to turn his shit in. He lost it in a fucking singles match like they've been trying to do to Kinsa forever against fucking Moxley. I don't even remember that. Anderson won the Money in the Bank, and then eventually I believe he lost the Money in the Bank to Orton, I want to say, in a fucking singles match. They took his fucking push away because of some shit where Orton was complaining that he got injured in a match with uh, Anderson, and then shortly after that, he got fired. I don't remember that at all. Um, I do remember that the... Uh, and he was super over at the time. The Baron Corbin Money in the Bank run wasn't good. But can you remember anything about the run that wasn't good? Like, I just literally told you the entire storyline for the last year of the fucking hey, Money in the Bank, and it's that just, and and that's that how it, bad it is. Makes it memorable. No, it's terrible. It's fucking the worst ever. Okay, so who else is in it? So you got AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre. Seamus. Seamus and... Miz. Miz, okay. I don't. I would not be mad if Seamus won. Then you uh. have Seamus, Seamus, I don't think he will. But if it happened, I would not be mad at seeing Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus at WrestleMania in a one-on-one match. I think it would be a good match. They already fucking wrestled, though. Okay. He's already wrestled Keith Lee a million times. Your point? I'm not going to get mad if Keith Lee's at fucking WrestleMania in the main event against Drew McIntyre. Yeah, whatever. Uh, they have good I, I matches. They have see, good matches. I don't want to see Orton win. No. Don't. Miz winning would be fucking... I don't want to see Orton win for multiple occasions. I don't want to see him against McIntyre again, and I don't want to see him against Edge again. That's also, something that I'm tired of seeing. Triple H uh, probably would not want Orton to be his no, championship it's, it's number. So. Well, if it does, it won't be because Triple H said yeah. It'll be because Vince is still alive and he said yeah. Other than that, it's not happening. Mm. Maybe Triple H comes out and then challenges him immediately after. <laughs> we got unfinished business, oh. Yeah. 
Oh, I just um, watched, I just watched a YouTube video of the rocks the rocks funniest moments, and it was literally the literally the clip <laughs> of the title was "I'm the game," uh, and it was so <laughs> funny, dude. We just fucking we were just rolling, laughing at all these fucking moments. And they didn't even have all the. I mean, he, he I don't know when the the video was posted. But I feel like they were missing a. It was like an 18 minute video, but I still feel like they were missing a lot of stuff. Hell, even Austin's was only like a six or eight minute video. I was like, really, only eight minutes of Austin's funniest moments? No, he has way more than that. They didn't even have his fucking um, all his what stuff. They only had one what moment where he was talking to Ric Flair and had Undertaker in the ring. He's had plenty of hilarious what moments. Him and The Rock both had the fucking uh, thing where they sung along with each other at the end of the Raw, which is like the best end in the Raw of all time. They didn't have that in either of the videos. Um, the Rock had the hilarious Armageddon fucking promo where he went ran down everybody that was in the match with him. Um, he had all the stuff with Stephanie McMahon and him, him and Jericho making fun of Stephanie. That wasn't in his video. He had the fucking Rock concerts. They weren't in the video. I was like, dude, this, this fucking video could have been like 45 minutes of Rock's funniest moments. He didn't even have the thing where he made fun of uh, Eddie Guerrero. He didn't have the thing where he made fun of Booker T. Thomas Jefferson, sucker. He didn't have that. He didn't have none of that stuff. I'm like, and he's still got 18 minutes out of it. Mm. But yeah, so anyway, I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber. They could totally fuck this up. But it looks great on paper. I will I will be watching it right when I get home uh, after work. I won't be taking off for it, but I will be watching it right when I get home. Because I am a, I am, I'm going to try to avoid the spoilers as best as I can. And I will watch it. And hopefully they will not disappoint me. Speaking of Elimination Chamber, I'm just looking up on my wall of uh, action figures here. I have an Elimination Chamber Undertaker figure. Interesting. The one where he got set on fire? I don't think so. He has no, he has like no top at all, so I don't think so. He's just wearing pants and like the, the rib thing. Um, so the, uh, the Lashley Keith Lee Riddle match, um, I'm expecting Lee to win that. Lashley's yes, had the U.S. title for a oh, while. Oh, by the way, and... congratulations to Lee and Mia Yim, too. I don't know if you saw or oh, not, yeah, but they got yeah. engaged, yeah. Also, while we're talking about life events and shit, you see uh, Tyler Rex came out as trans? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. So, good for him, too. Um, so, or, sorry, her. Um, so, we've got the Cesaro... Um, Daniel Bryan, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, Corbin Zane. Uh, I mean, do you want to do predictions on this now so we don't have to do it next week since we're already pretty much talking about it? Uh, are all the matches set in stone? You can pull, pull it up and see if all the matches far, are set up. As far as I know, it's just the five. It's the, the two Elimination Chamber matches, the Oscar match, the U.S. title match, and then the, the Reigns versus whoever wins match are the only ones that are like official right now. Yeah, obviously they're not going to have the uh, pre-show yet. Hold on, let me check. Elimination Chamber 2021. Here we go. And this is supposed to take place next Sunday, correct? Yes, it's the 21st. Okay. Matches. I got five matches. I'm sure they'll have a pre-show. If they have a pre-show match or something and we catch it, we can uh, just text each other and I'll throw it up on Twitter. Um, all right, so yeah, we can do it right quick. Uh, let's do it after the break, though. Let me do a break. I'll come back, do a break. I'll give you the two stiff shots of the week, which are actually both action figure related. Uh, okay. And then we'll do, we'll do, no. And oh. although that is 
we could talk about that though. That <laughs> that was pretty big news actually. Um, but then uh then we'll do our elimination chamber uh predictions, and then I'll do my top five from last week from the Royal Rumble to uh, close out the show. So just listen to this quick ad, and we'll be right back on the Monster Cast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Monster Cast. I am your host, Jack Doll Jr., joined by Ryan, of course. Uh, Stiff Shots is brought to you by Sleeps.com. Sleeps designs and produces custom compression gear, everything from arm and leg sleeves to headbands, bandanas, T-shirts, and jerseys. Sleeves carries over 200 different designs for everyone from kids to adults. And now it just got even better because if you use the promo code MONSTER25, that's MONSTER25 without the vowels, M-N-S-T-R-25, you'll get 25% off your order, even on discounted items. So go to Sleeves.com for your activewear accessories now and use our promo code MONSTER25, that's M-N-S-T-R-25, for 25% off your order and get your gear on. Action figure news. Let's go ahead and go over the Britt Baker thing because that was a big deal. So, of course, we all saw the waiting room episode with her and Cody, which was hilarious, where she was saying that Cody's uh, unborn child was going to get an action figure before she does. Um, and it was released that apparently there's a second line of AEW figures coming out called um, – oh, shit, now I forgot. Their, their one now is called Unrivaled, right, I believe? Yes, Unrivaled. Um, new AEW figure line. Okay, so I already know about the Unrival, but the other one's called something else. Unmatched, I think. I think it's called Unmatched. Hold on, let me see. But she's supposed to get a figure in that. Yes, that's what it is. It's Unmatched. Okay, so they got Unrivaled, and apparently there's one called AW Unmatched coming out. I don't know what the difference between the two are going to be. I don't know if it's kind of like an uptick in quality or a downtick in quality or the same quality, and they just wanted to have another ongoing line. Um, but apparently it was, there was a rib going on that the guy that reveals the figures or whatever was going to have a two-pack, a waiting room two-pack with Britt Baker and Cody Rhodes, but that ended up not being true. But she is going to get a two-pack, probably with uh, Rebel, and then she is getting a single figure as well. Um, I haven't seen any pictures of the – I did see the sculpting head or whatever where they, they have the actual sculpt or whatever. Um but yeah, Jazzwares, uh, the Jazzwares guy, uh, I think his name is Jeremy, if I, I can't remember his fucking name, but I think it's Jeremy because I follow him on Twitter. Um, he's the one that shares the stuff or whatever. Uh, said that she would be getting a two-pack. Uh, series 4 of Unrivaled that I just pre-ordered has um, Omega, Cody Rose, Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy, Santana, and Ortiz. And then Series 5 was announced as Hangman, Adam Page, Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian, John Moxley, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. So if I can, I will pre-order that as well. Now, AEW Series 3 is the only one I cannot get my fucking hands on. It's not available on ringside anymore. I can't find it in Walmart. Uh, never got a case of it in at all. Um, we did have Series 1 and Series 2, but haven't had Series 3 at all. They keep pushing back the, the date that it's going to arrive in the store. Now it's like pushed back to like the 19th of February, which is fucking insane because it was supposed to be here on like the 5th or 6th then the 16th then it was the 16th for about four days and now it's got pushed back to the 19th i have a feeling that by the time it fucking actually arrives it'll be wave four which i already have pre-ordered so i'm going to be pissed because in wave three it's darby allen and orange cassidy their first figures ever and i really fucking want them but of course 
can't find them anywhere unless you want to pay out the ass for them on some other site like a eBay or whatever or a third party through Amazon. So that sucks. Also, uh, action figures I am looking out for currently are the Wave 5, 4, is it 4? might be 4. Wave 4 of the WWE Masters of the Universe crossover series. It officially got released a couple weeks ago, which has Becky Lynch, Macho Man, um, and two other people. There's four. There's usually four in a four in a wave for that. I'm looking out for those as well at my store. We still got a bunch of Seth Rollinses and Jake the Snakes from fucking. Or no, it might be Wave Five actually. One, two. What the fuck? One, two, three, six, nine, twelve. What the fuck do I have up there? So the first wave was Warrior Sting. Warrior Sting, Triple H, and Finn Balor. One, two, three, four. Wave two was Macho Man, Rey Mysterio, Faker, John Cena, Roman Reigns. Wave three was like Braun Strowman. So yeah, wave four. So wave four is the one I have as well already. So wave five is the one that just came out. If I'm not mistaken. Anyway, so it's like Becky Lynch, Macho Man, I think Piper, and somebody else. So anyway, I gotta get my fucking hands on that too before the next wave comes out. Because they've already released, like, it's gonna be Ultimate Warrior, another Ultimate Warrior, a different version, and then some other people. I need to have that one too. So I'm all over the place with fucking figures right now. It's very stressful because I thought the uh, Masters of the Universe uh, figures were actually gonna stop after, like, you know, two or three series. And they just keep fucking pumping them out. It's not like the Ninja Turtles where they only had a couple series or the Ghostbusters only had one series with WWE, which is what I thought was going to happen. And now, of course, the one that I am actually was able to stay on top of is just going to keep fucking releasing figures, apparently. And then it's very hard to keep up with the AEW stuff because they're only available at ringside collectibles for way more than in the store at Walmart. And they're exclusive to Walmart, so it's easy for scalpers to get to them and collect them all up and then resell them for asinine amount of prices. But luckily for me... I was able to catch uh, Series 1 and 2 on ringside, and then I just got, like I said, I got 4 on ringside. Wave 3, I guess I'm just going to have to get lucky and find or pay a little bit more than I'm willing to one at a time until I can complete the uh, the series. Uh, but in other figure news, it's really cool um, that Wave 1 of for ProSMTs.com, they announced Wave 1 of the AEW Micro Brawlers, which they just put in new packages so that you can actually hang them on your wall and they actually look like little mini versions of action figures. They used to be just in, like, bullshit plastic bags. Um, but now you can actually hang them up on walls and stuff. I I get a rest, a, brawl, a micro brawler in each pro wrestling crate that I get shipped to me, but they, they also sell them separately. And um, they're really cool. They're like little mini versions of action figures. They're... I want to say only like three inches tall, three and a half tops, depending on who it is. Um, and they all stand up and stuff, and they look cool. If you don't, if you want to take them out of the package, you can take take them out of the package. I have a bunch of unopened like uh, WWE ones that WWE used to do them back in the day for like the mini mystery figures type deal is what they mm -hmm. remind me of. And then I use those for um, wrestling board game pawns because I make uh, wrestling board games from time to time. So. I'm trying to get a bunch of legends and create the ultimate board game. But there's other guys, like indie guys and stuff that usually don't get little figures and stuff that have micro brawlers, which is pretty cool. 
Um, but AEW has their first official wave of micro brawlers that you can actually um, still pre-order before they go on sale to the general public on February 18th. And in wave one, I think there's like seven of them, but it includes Brody Lee, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, Hikaru Shida, and more. So, and Britt Baker is actually one of them, believe it or not. So she has technically a micro brawler before an actual AEW figure. Um, and the other cool action figure note on Stiff Shots is that the NWO John Cena figure is available for pre-order at Ringside Collectibles from his match with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania in the Firefly Funhouse match. So I thought that was pretty cool too. He's actually, I think in one of the pictures, he's actually holding up the title like Hogan playing it like a guitar, um, like he did on in the match. It was that was pretty cool. And Ringside, they a few weeks ago they re-released or had more available to buy of the Jushin Thunder Liger statues, but sadly I did not get one. I wanted one so bad, but I I uh, stopped myself from getting it because that shit is expensive. The fucking New Japan. Just regular action figures are like 45 bucks a pop. It's insane. They look good, don't get me wrong, but there's, and I assume that they're that much because they're probably coming from Japan. Um, but they look about as good as the AEW figures that I already have on my wall, which are less than half the price. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do the Elimination Chamber predictions so ryan can get some words in the show we're going to go over all five we're going to do the elimination chamber predictions now and ryan and i will hit up twitter if there is a pre-show match that we need to um or if any other matches are added to the main show um that we need to do our predictions on so that we can get an accurate estimate of how bad we are at picking wrestling pay-per-views kind of like royal rumble was a disaster um, for you? No, for you, <laughs> buddy. For you. At least my people were in the Royal Rumble. Well, one of them was. Depending on the year, yes. Um, let's do. Okay, so one in five. This is weird. How they had this set up. I don't like how they set this out. I assume that the Elimination Chamber to see who fights Roman will be the first match. So let's do that first. We'll go Cesaro. Versus Daniel Bryan versus Jey Uso versus Kevin Owens versus King Corbin versus Sami Zayn for the number one contendership of the Universal Championship. Who do you got? I think Jey Uso is the most interesting choice, but I don't think he's going to win. Um, they could do Bryan. I don't know. I, I think they might have kind of half learned their lesson on momentum stuff, and they they might actually have Cesaro win this. So I'm going to go Cesaro. I'm going to go... Kevin Owens. No, no. I mean, it would not shock me at all. I know. It wouldn't shock me either. Um, I'm... Obviously, my favorite two are Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, pretty much in all of WWE right now. So, um, I mean, They just had Cesaro go over Bryan, so it'd be hard to sell a Bryan versus Reigns match right now, I think. Yeah. It's so weird that they push Nakamura like they did, and then they just flip-flop Cesaro and Nakamura, though. It's so weird to me how they did that. Um, I don't really recall ever seeing some shit like that. Because um, we all thought Cesaro was just going to turn on Nakamura, but it didn't happen. And now they're somehow magically both faces. It's fucking weird. I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I think I'm going to go Cesaro. 
I don't want to because you said Cesaro, but I really want to see Cesaro. Stubbs copies me. I want to see Cesaro. Um, I don't know, man. Do I want to? I do kind of. I'm leaning towards Daniel Bryan. I kind of want to see Daniel Bryan because I don't think they're going to give Daniel Bryan the fucking shot at WrestleMania anyway. So, yeah, this would be his shot, and then Cesaro could fucking possibly get his shot at WrestleMania. I don't fucking know. That way, he yeah. Can but still get how do you both. book Cesaro leaving, losing in this match, and then could get injured? Up... Could get injured. Maybe he doesn't even actually lose, just gets taken out by the refs and doesn't come back, and everybody's like, what the fuck happened to Cesaro type deal? I don't know. Um, but yes, I agree. And for that for that point alone, I don't want to see Kevin Owens win. Don't want to see the three heels win, obviously. That makes no sense. So really, your only two options are Cesaro and Daniel Bryan. But the Daniel Bryan fucking promo that he gave on Talking Smack against Heyman, though. Well, Cesaro did one, too. Did you see that one? Yeah, it wasn't as good as Daniel Brown's, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, fuck it. I'll say it was Cesaro. I, don't, I, was trying, I was trying to talk myself into taking somebody different, but I'm going to go with Cesaro. Um, I'm... I'll, I'll go Brian if you want to be different. Okay. My, my initial instinct is Cesaro, but I could see them doing Brian. Um, Bobby Lashley defended his U.S. title. Uh, versus Keith Lee and Riddle with MVP in his corner. I'm going to go Keith Lee, obviously. I think you are as well. Yep. Okay. Um, Asuka versus Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Championship. Asuka. Yeah, I think I think you, you have a Charlotte Flair interference in this to set up their shit yeah. more. And just have Lacey versus Charlotte with no titles at WrestleMania, please. And since and since she's a face, she's not going to come out and like fucking beat her up or anything. But she'll come out to distract her, and I'll feel do whatever. Yeah, or even not even coming out at all. Just have the music hit. Yeah. Anyway, you could do that, and then just have her come out after the match is already over. Uh, let's go. Drew McIntyre defending his title in Elimination Chamber match with AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Sheamus, and The Miz. I am going to go AJ Styles here. Hmm. AJ Styles disappointed me at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> well, he got eliminated when he was supposed to. Apparently, the only botch was Bailey getting thrown over when she did. Well, yeah, I remember saying at the time, like, it's fucking weird that the camera wasn't like uh, somebody fucked up there because you don't do an elimination during somebody else's entrance because you know somebody else, the camera's not going to be on. Definitely not Bailey, anyway. I mean, it happens all right. the time, but not. Not fucking Bailey in the fucking heated storyline with Bianca Belair, where literally the whole thing was she's focused on Cole, but Bianca Belair was like, "Oh, I'm throwing Bailey out of this fucking rumble." Then she does, but nobody sees it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna go AJ Styles. Last time I picked him in a big moment, he let me down, but uh, I'm gonna go with him anyway because I really do want to see Edge versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania. So everybody can bitch about how old both of them are. By the way, since we since I just brought that up, we already know that I have a problem with ageism from the wrestling community but the edge shit is so blasphemous i can't even fucking put it into words the motherfucker missed nine years nine of no contact or anything being put on his fucking body okay what makes you think he is too old looking at what shape he is in knowing how much he loves the business in general Having nine years, if we take nine years off his age, which is 47, Drew McIntyre is 35. Roman Reigns is 35. If we take nine years off of 47, what do we got? Technically, in wrestling terms, for his body, 
after having nine years of fucking rest, is not that much older than Drew McIntyre or Roman Reigns. Why yeah. are we out here saying that Edge is too old? Because he looks now, older. Of course, we went off on this on the show when he won the Royal Rumble, but that was more directed towards, you know, him just winning the Rumble and somebody saying, oh, the Rumble should be used to catapult young guys, which is the fucking dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Because Nakamura a, is so young. This is a little bit separate. <laughs> Triple H, yeah. who, so bitched, young. who bitched about Nakamura winning the, world, winning the Royal Rumble? No, not one fucking person. Not one person. So anyway, but this is a little bit different from him actually winning the Rumble. This is just him... Why is he getting a title shot at WrestleMania? Because I guess they thought he was just going to have his title shot at Elimination Chamber or whatever pay-per-view comes before, which has happened before. I, I'll give him that. But what makes you think Edge came all the way back after nine years, after fucking killing himself in ladder and TLC matches, having to retire with the fucking world title in his hand, which we talked about earlier about people having to give up the fucking world title. Him and fucking Daniel Bryan had to give up titles too and retire. Edge fucking gives up the world fucking title after winning it at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, dude. You can't fucking make a movie better than what the fuck they got laying in their lap right now. You think they're not going to jump at it? Even if fucking WWE can see this story, then why can't you? That's why I'm worried that they're going to have Orton win this, because they think that Orton versus Edge for the title is a good story. Yeah, but I thought he beat Del Rio to keep the title at his last WrestleMania. It wasn't. Yeah, he, he might have. That's not. But they, they're going off their history or whatever. Well, I'd still rather him beat AJ Styles though, because him and AJ already had the little back and forth. Uh, the first time that he came back for the Royal Rumble last year, where they were supposed to actually do all their little shit, and it was supposed to be them at WrestleMania last year. What makes it better? Them being at WrestleMania the year after and having the world title on the line, and Edge still fulfilling his comeback. Which, literally, the whole storyline of Edge coming back, this is the end story. Now, yes, he will have matches after it, and he'll eventually lose the title if he is is successful in obtaining the title. He will eventually have it, but this is basically his last run. And then he can start putting over other people. I do not fathom, or cannot fathom, rather, how people have a problem with fucking Edge having a world title shot after after going for so long trying to come back. Okay, when he when he realized that it was a possibility, working his ass off to the point where he got a fucking ring delivered into his house. I mean, we've all seen the documentary, right? Have you watched this documentary? It's fucking yeah. insane, dude. Where he had Dax uh, or Cash Wheeler come in and help him. Okay, so yeah. th- this motherfucker literally cannot wrestle anymore. The doctors tell him he cannot wrestle anymore after he just fucking basically gave his life to you. His life to you, the people that are watching him every fucking week. Has to drop the biggest prize in the company, which means he's at the fucking top. And he was already at the top. It wasn't like he won the title at WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure he just retained it. Drops it the next fucking night. Gone for nine fucking years. Looks better when he comes back than he did when he was there as champion. Wins or shows up at the Royal Rumble. The fucking roof goes off the fucking place. Everybody marks out. Even if you weren't even a huge Edge fan, you felt good for this motherfucker comes back gets hurt and is out again comes back in time for fucking royal rumble again last like fucking the entire thing right wasn't he number one he was number one he was supposed to be number two but he was number one he lasts the entire fucking rumble every match he's had since he's been back has been like over 40 minutes average 
He comes back, and now after he wins the Royal Rumble, everybody's like, yeah. And then everybody's like, oh, but he's old. What the fuck? In what universe is Edge old? It is I mean, so stupid. Yeah. He. No, um, I, I definitely want to see him win the fucking world title at WrestleMania. It would be fucking awesome. Do yeah, I want to see just, him with a fucking year-long reign after? No. I don't I don't. But I want to see him win the fucking world title, dude. He can have it until SummerSlam. Huh? What do you put him against? At SummerSlam? Uh, no, you're talking about... Uh, I know you want AJ Styles to win, and I want it to be AJ versus AJ Styles, but, like, I just... I don't know, man. Uh, I'm sure it'd be a good match. Put him against whoever wants to wrestle fucking Edge. All the guys that never got to wrestle Edge, like AJ Styles. That's who you put him against. Imagine, imagine getting a random push for Ali, and he gets to fight Ali for the title. Got a pay-per-view. Like an over-the-limit or, you know, one of the lesser ones. Everybody loves Ali, dude. I think Edge versus Miz is the real ticket seller. Anyway, um, he can have the title all the way to SummerSlam, then lose it to whoever he needs to lose it to. Whether that be AJ Styles or somebody else, uh, Drew McIntyre. No, I don't want to see him possibly really get fucked up Brock because Lesner. Brock Lesnar doesn't Brock Lesnar. in the ring. All right, I'm, I'm on this now. Brock Lesnar. Nah, I don't see that. Yeah, boy. That'd be crazy as fuck. Let's fucking go. I promise you it'll be Goldberg before it be before it's Brock Lesnar. Because Man. Lesnar doesn't is not showing up during a fucking pandemic. So unless there's fucking full fucking audience at SummerSlam, it ain't gonna be oh. Lesnar. I'm waiting for the you real have, forbidden door. You got mini Lesnar. Lesnar to go reclaim his IWGP title. No, that that happens after Lesnar comes back and wins it, and then <laughs> Nakamura's like, Hey motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I just won the Royal Rumble again in 2022, <laughs> and uh, I'm challenging Brock Lesnar. Bye. I'm gonna get my shit back. That'd be fucking badass. Um, back. Uh, so you're he not. Ever, he never had the world title, did he? I thought it was only Intercontinental. No, I'm talking about when Lesnar beat him. Oh yeah, yeah, I got you. At New Japan, in New Japan. All right. Uh, so I'm going AJ. Who are you going with then? Mm. You gonna just have Drew keep it? I think. I, w- I wish Hardy, I wish Jeff Hardy was having better matches and put in better positions right now. Because if Jeff Hardy ended up coming out of it and going against Edge, I think that would be a cool moment too. Because like it would be okay. So you know how a few years ago we had when we had Michaels, Undertaker, and Triple H all walk out of the ring and everybody's like, "Oh, it's the last time." You know, it's like the last hurrah for the Attitude Era guys. Mm. That could be like the same type of deal with Hardy and Edge. Especially if they made it like a fucking, you know, a steel cage or a ladder match at WrestleMania or some shit. Which I don't think Edge will ever do again. But I just, in theory, I think that would be cool. Um, yeah, but the, but the way that, they, they, haven't, yeah, they haven't booked Jeff Hardy any, anywhere remotely close enough to have that moment right now. So that sucks that they didn't. So I'm definitely going AJ because I don't want to see Orton. Sheamus only makes sense if he's going against Drew McIntyre. Um, and The Miz, this, I just, oh, goddamn. I hope he loses the fucking money in the bank at... I love Miz, don't get me wrong, but this whole Money in the Bank thing is fucking stupid. He shouldn't be in the match. And got, so I got AJ. I got McIntyre. I got McIntyre, and I don't think Edge challenges McIntyre at WrestleMania. See, I initially didn't think so either. I thought he was going to go after Roman. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, do, 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 do we have Daniel Bryan win the Elimination Chamber? Daniel Bryan loses to Roman, and then because Cesaro lost the Elimination Chamber too, WWE's not thinking about him for WrestleMania, and then you have Roman versus Edge? Yeah, pretty much. 
Uh, do, 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 do. So we go to the end game here, which is Roman versus Daniel for Daniel Bryan for you, and Roman versus Cesaro for me, and we both have Roman. Yeah. Okay. He, he's too hot right now. They're not gonna. They're not gonna let off him. Yeah. No. He's he's one of the best things. They're not on gonna, either show. Definitely not at fucking Elimination Chamber or Fastlane or whatever the fuck that other pay per view is that are they're having like two weeks after Elimination Chamber. And I know we've said this before, but like it's it's fucking crazy what a turnaround fans and even I have had on on Reigns since they just all they had to do was change him to what he's naturally fucking better at. Period. You don't think it's goofy fucking? You don't think it's weird that the fans have known this for fucking five years and it took them this long? And we think about think about how uh, widely regarded fucking Cena would be if they would have listened to us a long time ago. Yeah, he, he would have been he, in he the could, same boat. He'll turn to you because people just really love to hate him, and people love to hate Reigns too because of his booking. They finally pulled the trigger on that, and now everybody's like, "Yes, he's such a fucking good heel." And He's a good heel in the sense that, like, I'm not cheering for him. Yeah. I I enjoy watching him. He does really good work, but he's not like a he's not like a heel where I'm like, oh, it, like when they were trying to turn Becky like Becky Lynch heel. Remember when they, they had her come out yeah. and like talk shit about Edge's neck injury and shit? Yeah. You remember that whole fucking segment? Yeah. Like they were trying to get people to not like her, but it was fucking impossible. Reigns, his whole thing with Heyman, like it's very easy to not like him, but to really like watching him. Yeah. So it's it's like a proper heel. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what it is. It's a proper heel. And what what it is is he can't make new stars being a face. A mon you can't have a monster face make new stars because yeah. you can't make a heel. The heels make the faces. So if you're gonna book Roman Reigns to be Brock Lesnar, right? Is Brock Lesnar face? No. Brock Lesnar works so well because he's fucking heel, or, I mean, really, he's whatever the fuck he wants. He beats up everybody. He's like Austin or Moxley. Like, you have him fucking take out everyone. He's there for himself, and he destroys everyone, whether you're heel or face, but you give him a heelish tendency so that people boo him. What they were trying to do is push Roman Reigns as a face Brock Lesnar. Then you have heel Brock Lesnar, which is actual Brock Lesnar, and then you had him fight like eight times, but you always let Lesnar win— why the fuck do I care about face Roman Reigns? Right. He's never winning. It's fucking annoying. And then by the time he finally did win, it was like, who cares? Yeah. Now he can fucking be the heel, the biggest heel and the biggest monster you want him to be because he is heel. And when he finally loses to a face, it automatically fucking builds that face to fucking heights that it wasn't even close to before, which is the same thing that they were kind of talking about with Lesnar. When Lesnar fucking finally lost to Rollins or whatever, that was a big deal. When Lesnar lost to Goldberg, it, it, even though fucking Goldberg beat him at fucking, what it was, WrestleMania 20 or whatever the fuck that one was where they were both getting booed out of the building, right? Yeah. Even though it was Goldberg, the way that he beat Lesnar, because of the way that Lesnar was destroying everybody else, automatically catapulted fucking Goldberg to the same fucking stratosphere that Lesnar was in where everyone was talking about, what the fuck just happened, dude? What did we just watch? Goldberg just speared this motherfucker like two or three times, jackhammered him one, and go and Lesnar didn't do shit. It was fucking weird. Nobody thought they were going to see that. That's the same kind of atmosphere you can create with a heel Roman Reigns. You can make anybody you want. And that includes remaking Daniel Bryan, or making Cesaro, or 
whoever else that you want to make on fucking SmackDown at the time, they don't have a huge ton of options right now, but you get what I'm saying. And that's why we think that Roman's going to have it for a little bit longer because there really isn't beats outside of Cesaro and Daniel Bryan, which we don't think they're going to give it to. And they kind of booked themselves into a corner on Elimination Chamber by having the match and the same night yeah. that you're not going to be able to do it right away. So you're going to have to wait till WrestleMania. How cool would it be? If fucking Roman uh, loses the edge at WrestleMania, and then, of course, you know, they can go back and forth and Roman can get it back. But whatever happens, or whoever he loses to, automatically makes that face fucking recognizable across the entire fucking wrestling world. That's why I think they should... That's why I don't... I wouldn't have a problem if Edge and AJ were on the Raw side, and then somebody else was on the Roman side, but I just don't know who the fuck you would get if it's not Cesaro or Daniel Bryan at this point. Because it's not going to be Kevin Owens. Because Kevin Owens would be in the same kind of boat that fucking Roman was in when he was going after Lesnar all the time. Okay, if Kevin Owens wins at WrestleMania against Roman, on a fucking scale of 1 to 10, I care 0. I literally care 0. Out of 1 to 10. The scale does not register. Because he's lost so many fucking times to Roman. But this would be a great opportunity for you to use Roman to build up a really big face. I just don't understand why they didn't pull that trigger a long time ago. Uh, same thing with the John Cena thing. Um, it's it's pretty weird that it takes them so long to do stuff like that. And yes, the Becky thing. And towards the end of Becky's run, when she was getting cocky, I was actually hoping she would lose. But not that early on where she just came out and talked about Edge's neck with Beth Phoenix and all that shit. I'm like, that, that was a little weird and out of left field. Later on in her character run when... Rollins had turned heel or whatever, and then she started acting a little heelish, and she was talking shit about Shanna Baszler and all this shit. That, when she was Becky Two Belts and all that shit, that's when I was like, okay, I hope Shanna beats her. I mean, that didn't happen, but I was not really on Becky's side at that point. But that's WWE's mistake, too, because guess who gets handed those promos? It's not Becky ain't fucking coming up with those promos. Yeah. She's company man, just like Seth Rollins is. She's reading those promos that they write for her. So whoever wrote that should have been fired because that was stupid because she was clearly the most over person you had. I just feel like they don't know how to fucking book their most over people. It's really weird. They get mad when whatever they write doesn't get over. Then somebody gets over on their own and then they're like, ooh, let me, I would love to get my hands in on this. And then they do and they fuck everything up. Happens all the time. Uh, I really do want to see... Roman puts somebody over at WrestleMania if it's not like if he's not as long as he's not fighting fucking Goldberg or The Rock or something like that. Uh don't upstart Goldberg over. Anyway, yeah, something. Uh uh the the mini Brock Lesnar that just signed with WWE, maybe him. <laughs> you oh, you haven't seen the dude? Yeah, there's they signed this dude that plays football that looks just like fucking Brock Lesnar. Hmm. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Uh, and he's actually training. Um, I forgot who he's training with. I forgot. He he had a picture with somebody. It was a female wrestler. Oh, fuck. Brock Lesnar look-alike. Okay, what's his name? What's his name? His name is... Parker Bordeaux. 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 Well, it has an R in it, but yeah. He's a four-star offensive lineman. He signed with the signed with uh, I guess WWE NXT or whatever. Triple H confirmed that two days ago. And I forgot who the hell he had the picture with though. He had a picture with somebody. 
training. Oh yeah, they got that same fucking corn-fed face. Mm-hmm. It's fucking weird, right? And Lesnar even uh, even Lesnar even uh, was talking about it too. I see a picture of them standing together. I don't remember who was it. I don't remember the chick that was in the ring with them. I can't find the picture now. I think it's on his Instagram, but I can't. Hold on. Instagram. It shouldn't have been that long ago. Let's see what we got here. Oh, it's Eva Marie. Because, you know, there have been rumors about Eva Marie fucking coming back, too. So, whoever, wherever they're training at, apparently, they're about to uh, come back in soon. And I've heard of Eva Marie rumors for a while now. But then the uh, pandemic hit and shit. Alright, let's get into the uh, top five women's and men's matches of the week. Well, technically, this would be a Royal Rumble week. Um, it is the Raise to the Top matches of the week brought to you by Raise Energy Drinks, 300 milligrams of caffeine. You can take it as a pre-workout or whenever you need an extra boost throughout the day. Zero sugar. You can buy it from GNC, Crunch Fitness, and Planet Fitness. But if you go to repsports.com, that's R-E-P-P-Sports.com, or Google Raise Energy, and click the link, you can use our promo code MONSTER and get 15% off your order. And you can even select auto shipping and get an additional 10% off your order. So go to repsports.com, that's R-E-P-P-Sports.com, and use the promo code MONSTER for 15% off your order and raise some hell. Let's start with the women. The women, I've got Sue Young versus Jordan Grace Impact. Gave it two and a half stars. Uh, number four, I gave to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Caden Carter and Casey Cananzaro. From NXT for the uh, Dusty Rhodes Women's uh, Tag Team Classic. Gave that three stars. Sasha versus Carmella at the Royal Rumble. Gave that three stars. Number two was Britt Baker versus Rosa. Thunder Rosa from uh, AEW. Three and a half stars. By the way, please let's keep that uh, Thunder chant going for Thunder Rosa. The ACDC mm. Thunder chant. I love it. And she loves it too. She actually pointed it out and posted a clip of it. Um, let's, let's keep that going. That's pretty fun. And I know... Um, It'll really burn fucking Vince McMahon's ass hairs because ACDC is his favorite band. So let's really do it for that, too. Uh, women's Royal Rumble was my number one Ed women's match. Huh? Teddy. Yeah, just like him. All right, so Women's Royal Rumble, I uh, gave it four stars. But just like last year, I can only pick four. Like, I only pick like four or five people from the Royal Rumble that stood out to give stars to. So I gave it to Charlotte, Naomi. Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, of course, and the dark horse, Billy Kay. Because um, I thought she was fucking hilarious. Um, in the men's side, we've got number five, Edge versus Orton from Raw. Gave it three and a half stars. Number four was Champa and Thatcher versus Colin Strong from the men's Dusty Rhodes Classic on NXT. Three and a half stars. Number three, I gave to Omega, the Good Brothers versus Pac, Phoenix, and Mox. 3.75 stars. Uh, number two was Roman versus Owens. Everything was great until the ending uh, at Royal Rumble, so I gave that four stars. And then 4.25 stars for the Men's Royal Rumble, which I gave the um, I gave it to five people on this one too. I gave it to Riddle, Brian, Priest, Lashley, and Edge. Hmm. And then, of course, the only things I have to watch from this past week are obviously 
the uh, No Surrender show in its in its entirety, and I have to watch what was the was the thing Road to Castle what? Uh, Road to Castle Attack. Castle Attack. I've never even heard of that. Is that something new? I don't know. I've never heard of Castle Attack. Oh, and another thing, since we're on top fives and stuff, I did start my 1996 journey on WWE Network. And with the help of Ryan, the New Japan World Network. Um, my help is him stealing my fucking login. Correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that I have started uh, Nitro and Raws to try to get the top fives of the weeks. And I did start New Japan and their Tokyo Dome show in 1996. Um, I still have to watch two matches for that because it was a long-ass show. And they don't have the all-matches thing for the really old stuff. You actually literally have to go through and watch each individual match. Um but yeah, it was fucking crazy. Um, what I what I really thought was nuts, dude, was um, where's this match at? Um, blah, 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 blah. Oh yeah. Um, so Satoshi Kojima fought mm-hmm. fucking fought Hiroyoshi uh, Tenzin. Right. And then they became a fucking tag team like years later and won yeah, the. Cozy. Yeah, but they fucking yeah. in 1996 at the Tokyo Dome show though they fought each other. It was fucking awesome. I gave it three and three and uh, three point two five. Not that it matters right now. I'm not gonna go through all of them, but I thought that was weird because I was like, "Damn!" I'm, I mean, I was I knew who Tenzin was, right? Right. But the other dude, he kind of looked familiar, but not really. And then I looked up Tenzin to see what titles he had won in New Japan, and I didn't know he was a former world champ, so that was pretty cool. But when I saw that he <laughs> was in a tag team or whatever, and actually won like I think a tag league or some shit and the titles. And then found out that it was literally the same dude he was going against. And then I found out that Kojima was, you know, still fucking wrestling today on a regular basis. I'm like, God damn. You want to talk about Edge? You want to talk about fucking Edge winning the Royal Rumble? And we got goddamn Tenzin and Kojima still in New Japan. And this was in January of 96. Not that Japanese fans talk about age, but I'm just saying the American fans. Like, this this is normal for Japanese fans. So it's no big deal. But yeah, but while I'm on the subject of that show, fucking Vader versus Antonio Inoki, dude. God damn. Oh, was that, was that the same show? Yeah. Yes. It's, uh... it's the show where Vader fucking gave him the German suplex and he landed right on the fucking back of his head. Yeah. He didn't seem happy about it. No, he was knocked the fuck out. Well, he acted knocked the fuck out. Like, he wasn't even moving, had his eyes closed. It was fucking awesome. Like, he really sold it for him. It was, it was weird because you could clearly tell that Inoki was super old right there. Mm. But... You want to talk about Super Cena? Antonio Noki was treated as fucking Super Cena. Fucking Vader, I think after, not long after that, he did a Vader bomb and then he kicked out. And then right after that, he went right back up to the top rope after he kicked out and did the fucking moonsault. And he kicked out of that too. And somehow made Vader submit. I'm like, what the fuck? And, you know, me, I don't go that far back in the New Japan history. I mean, I, I'm aware of the big stars. Like, I know who Antonio Inoki is. But seeing how he was treated that, like that, he, how he was treated like that in his later years, like basically way past his prime years right there, mm. was insane. That's kind of like, that's kind of like Hogan coming back and fighting The Rock at WrestleMania. And everybody going for fucking Hogan like he's invincible or whatever, you know? Like, that's what it reminded me of type of deal. Um, yeah. Similar. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I've, do- I've done two uh, Nitros and two Raws so far of 96. 
I'm really excited to get into it because I believe 96 is the year that Hogan turns to the NWO and that happens. So it, it was a big year, but it was like the only year it, I wanted to start on the year that Nitro started and Raw and Raw started at the same time. Mm. So that's what I that's why I start that's why I picked that year in particular. So it, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top for um, like the top wrestler of the, those years that I'm trying to do. And I'm in no rush to do those. I just do it whenever I have extra time, which isn't very often. Um, with my Twitch and now my YouTube, I'm trying to gain some stream, gain some steam with my YouTube channel. And I've got a huge stream on Twitch tonight, and of course we got the podcast. And I'm gonna start doing hopefully more uh, video casts with the podcast. I've been talking to a chick, uh, Maria Rose, who used to be on a podcast um, and is wanting to come in every now and then and do some like AEW predictions for like the revolutions and the double or nothings and stuff. And I told her it was, that was cool. That'd be fine. Um, so she has a lot of, uh, experience with podcasts and stuff like that. So I thought that would be cool. She said she knows AEW more than WWE. She doesn't really pay attention to WWE anymore as much. So, so like, like if you watched our Twitch, um, Royal Rumble aftermath and pre-show or whatever, like maybe she could come on and do that. That'd be cool. Um, I also have another interview in the works soon, hopefully. I uh, just got to try to fi figure out the date. Um, so, I mean, we got stuff going. I've got stuff going all over the place, dude. I've got Pro Wrestling Crate unboxings. I've got uh, MonsterCast exclusives. I've got Twitch clips. I've got uh, all kinds of shit going on on their YouTube channel, which you can follow at SXE Monster. Look, uh, look me up. You can follow us on Twitter for the MonsterCast, at RealMonsterCast on Twitter. And we just got a lot of shit going on right now you can also follow me on twitch at sxe monster as well um i actually finally got my first payout for twitch so that was pretty cool oh nice. yeah my first hundred dollars made of course you know running all the meds boy. gotta <laughs> gotta set 30 gotta yeah okay yeah the 20 cents i made on ads fucking i gotta uh <laughs> i gotta set 30 dollars to the side of course because you know tax purposes but so but yeah i made my first actual twitch check it should be hitting my PayPal soon, so I'm excited about that. That I actually hit it. Uh, uh, we we can talk about this a little bit more after stream, but if, set up an S corp in your name, and then any games that you can buy, you can set up, you can write off as deductions for your uh, for your Twitch stream business. Doesn't sound like a bad idea. Oh, that reminds me, dude. Um, I know I don't really want to ruin it for anybody because it's not going to come out for a few weeks because I've got so much shit scheduled on my YouTube channel to come out that I have to keep putting it out. Uh, like. I'm trying to post only like one or two, three videos top a week, but I've got so much shit that I've been moving over from the pro wrestling crates and stuff onto this one channel. Um, but I got two boxes from my friend who's going to listen to this podcast because he's a fan of the podcast, uh, Michael at work. He, um, he gave me two boxes of random video games, taped them up. He sent me a picture and said, hey, is $20, does $20 sound good for this? And, you know, you can't tell how big a box is on, on a picture, right? So I'm like, yeah, it sounds fine. I'll give you 20 bucks when I get back to work. And you bring them in, and even if they're games I already have, it's no big deal. Because with all media, the more that you have it, the more it'll deteriorate. And you're going to want backups anyway of the really good games. So it's not that big of a deal if I get if I get a couple uh, duplicates or whatever, right? Come to find out, he puts the two boxes in the back of the car so I don't pick them up. They're pretty fucking nice sized boxes, and I'm like, oh, how much shit did you put in there that you needed two of these boxes? Christina brings them into the house, so I still haven't picked them up. I go to pick them up to move them over because I want to do an unboxing mystery box retro game video 
of the two boxes. Um, after giving him the $20, bringing him home, recording the videos, 108 games later over eight consoles, I am now in up to my neck in fucking video games. 108 video games for 20 bucks. Yeah. So, and only, I think like 90% of them, maybe even a little bit more than that, I didn't have. And then about 85 of the 90% I never heard of. <laughs> so it's going to be fucking crazy. I'll, I'll show you, or I'll tell you about some of them after the stream or whatever. But I hope everybody has a great Valentine's Day. I'm going to have one tonight with my Papa John's Pizza, my buddy uh, Robert coming over for this cookies and cream on PS2 um, retro gaming session. Which is what we decided on because it was like the only thing I could find at Play and Talk that was co-op and that kind of made sense with the Valentine's Day theme. So we went cookies and cream. Or Cookie and Cream, I think it's what it's called. The Adventures of Cookie and Cream on PS2. It was a very well-rated game and one of the best co-op games apparently on PS2. And what really shocks me the most about that is the fact that PS2 had so many games and there's not that many co-op games that are uh, held in high regard. So that was weird. But I got, I will keep you guys posted on the uh, YouTube stuff, the new uh, figures coming in. And uh, hope everybody has a great Valentine's Day, like I said. And we will catch you guys next week right here on the MonsterCast. <laughs>